0: Welcome to Vale La Pena, in English that's worth your while. I'm your host, Cynthia Ribes. This is a show where we get to do some grassroots philanthropy together. In all episodes, we'll feature nonprofit organizations engaged in inspiring projects for people, animals, and the environment. Some guests will be representatives of those organizations and they'll share with us more about initiatives they're working on and ways we can participate. Check the show notes for opportunities to impact these humanitarian causes together. You can find this show through my website at www.rebislegal.com and on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now, please join me for Vale la Pena. Hello, and welcome to Vale la Pena. So, Vale la Pena in English means worth your while. And I am your show host, Cynthia Rebus. And for those of you who are new, we are a show committed to grassroots philanthropy. And how we do that is very simple. We have conversations with wonderful guests who are up to all kinds of interesting things. We talk about things that are worth our while, and we hope it'll be worth your while. And then what we aim to do here is provide opportunities for all of us to come together via causes that actually call to us and interest us so we can do some philanthropy together. And in the show notes, we always feature at least one nonprofit organization. And then we talk about ways that we can all participate, either classic donation or volunteering, so many ways that we can give and be a part of our communities, however it is that you define your community. And we'll give you today all kinds of opportunities from the local to the global, today's Theme is food insecurity or hunger, and we will go all over from there. And today's guest, I am so, so very delighted to share with you. She is the dearest of dear friends of mine, and she is um, an executive in IT software sales. She's a mother, she's a volunteer, she's so much more. And she is Heidi Howard,
1: Let's bring her on. Thank you, Cynthia. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I just so want to thank you for accepting
0: my invitation to be a guest. Um, We are friends, so we talk all the time. So what's different about this is that we're on a camera. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But goodness knows we're normally up to something and talking about all kinds of things. And today we're We're looking into the question of food insecurity and what is that and what's going on there. Actually, hunger is on the rise globally for all kinds of different complicated reasons having to do with the pandemic and conflict. And um, it's a big topic. And you're actually doing something about it. So tell tell us a little bit about the organization you participate with.
1: Great. Thank you, Cynthia. So, the organa- organization that I participate with is Food on Foot. And I became involved along with my husband and my teenage son uh, about five years ago. And what Food on Foot is, is it is a, a nonprofit that assists the unhoused and low income neighbors in the Hollywood and greater Los Angeles area. And, um, how the program works is every Sunday they provide food and clothing to the unhoused, but what makes them even more special is they also have a program in place that helps the unhoused get a fresh start, uh, through life skills, training, um, finding full-time employment, and then also permanent housing. And what's really great is it's anywhere between within the Hollywood area. Um, there's 20, we, we, uh, house 20 to 30, um, unhoused folks per year.
0: Wow. And how do you, did you choose this organization?
1: So I chose this organization because I really, when my son was younger, uh, maybe 12, 12 or 13, I really wanted to. Um, give back. And we live in the Hollywood area. There's a, a many, many unhoused uh, people. And um, so I, I, wanted, I wanted to give back and I wanted to choose something that was close to us. So when my son goes to school and all the, all the people that he sees, um, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be in the community where um we were helping the people that we see on a daily on on a daily basis Um, so what's really neat about this program is you know there's lots of programs that you can um, go ahead and financially donate to which is a great thing and we do but i wanted to find something where we could really be on the ground um and experience and and what i love about this is there's a, a sun every single sunday there's a sunday serving so we can go and volunteer um so i, I chose that and it's a really interesting and i also really love the story of the the, the founder so the the founder of food on foot is jay uh, goldinger and what he um what he did it was back in um I believe 1996, he uh, started serving uh, chicken out of the back of his car to um, oh. the, the unhoused, to homeless, and that was really what you know his contribution. So, so this this was in in in, in 1996, and he started doing this out of a back parking lot um, behind the post office, um, and he realized that. Um, the food, you know, really wasn't enough. It wasn't the answer to homelessness. Um, and there's a lot of underlying factors, um, that caused the homeless epidemic, you know, lack of confidence, support, resources, community. So what he did was in 1999, um, Jay created this job and housing program. And this is really designed to help. Um, people experiencing homelessness, high functioning, um, people to really regain their, um, footing, come back into society, um, be able to have full-time jobs, permanent housing, um, to learn life skills and really build confidence. Um, so, uh, he put this program in place and it's been in place since, since 1999.
0: Wow well and you've touched on some of it and for the listeners in the show notes we're going to be sure to put the link to food on foot you know there's that phrase of food for thought i always want to say food for thought (laughs) that's not what we're talking about (laughs) food on foot um and i saw that you can go online and you can sign up for the sunday meal deliveries that you talked about they're booked all through April. They're they're You like the next openings are in May. Yes, so you can get yourself signed up for that. And I also saw that you can participate in so many other ways with them. Like if you have a truck or a SUV and you you might help deliver items, it could be food or other things. You also um, if you want to get involved in The job readiness, you could give a workshop on resume preparation, or if you cut hair, you can do that. There's so many ways that they are making resources available to people. It's such a big issue here in Los Angeles. Um, So tell us, why volunteer in the first place? What has you do this? I know you're busy. It's not like you don't have a million other things going on.
1: Yeah, and just to go, just to touch back on what you were saying for the for the um, people watching, um, if you want to look, it's it's foodonfoot.org. And um, as Cynthia said, there's um, Sunday servings, but they do fill up. Um, and there's also they have the $98 um, 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 club where you can donate. But it's a great opportunity to go um, on Sundays and bring your friends and family, and um, and then just meet everybody in the program. There's the you know 200 or 250 unhoused folks that that we um, distribute clothes and hand out food. But then there's also all the folks that are currently in the program. Um, So they volunteer by going to the um, Hollywood market and cleaning that up. And and then once they get into the actual, you know, program, they go go through that. And I mentioned that they get permanent housing, uh, full-time jobs, and then they're not able to graduate from the program until they um, save up $5,000 for emergencies. So, um, just, yeah. just, yeah, really, um, really, really, um, uh, just wonderful program. But Then you get to meet all the folks. So, um, the graduates of the program. So the graduates of the program come back and volunteer and it's so inspiring to hear their stories. Um, so now we'll go back to your, your question. Why, why volunteer in the first place? So for me, I, I wanted to give back, but also I really wanted to give the opportunity for um, you know my, my, my teenage son to know what it is to to um, give freely. So we give a lot to our you know family, our friends, but you know outside people, people that we don't know. Um, um, and and oftentimes you know we can we can we can separate ourselves and see ourselves as different, and you know the homeless on house problems over here. And I really wanted him to be able to have the experience of being able to, um, on a personal level, get to know these people. And um, and the other the, the other key takeaway is I feel like we all get so busy in our lives. We all have a million excuses, and we're so busy, and we have our stresses and our worries and our concerns and there is something that transformed when one steps away from self and goes and gives to another. And um, what that provides the level of empathy, uh, compassion, when you get out of your own way and you have a completely different perspective um, and really just, just choosing, choosing love. We have choices every day, every day we wake up, am I going to be in fear? Am I going to be in love? And I choose love and part of my love is giving to my community and bringing along my myself.
0: And as far as bringing family, I also saw that you can bring kids as young as six years old to be part of this.
1: Yes, yes, there's kids. Um, yep, I think six six is the um, youngest, and we see elementary uh, school kids, middle school, high school, and it's um, a, a, you know just a, a great opportunity. And then if you become you know a member and you go on a regular basis, you start to know these folks. And one of my favorite things is my son will come home, um, and, and, and be like, Oh, I just saw so-and-so down on the the boulevard. And, and, and just recently he came home and he said, Oh, I saw so-and-so on the bus coming home from school. So just really that, that, that connection and, and getting that, um, you know, we are so much more alike and connected and what can, what we can do to pull together and be able to um, give the confidence and the support so these people can rise above their their, their, uh, current circumstance.
0: Well, and you know, I'm a lawyer and my life is a dedication to justice and I have a very broad take on what justice actually includes and the aim is that it is not just ICE, right? Um, I don't know who gets credit for that. I heard it in a Joni Mitchell song the first time, and I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> but also, um, you know, the Martin Luther King quote about an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so, I think in helping to do something to to you know for your neighbors. Um, it um, gets you in touch with what, your humanity, the call for service. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening who may not be in LA, um, we're also going to feature Feeding America in the show notes. You can go on there, they feed, um, the, and you will find food banks all over the US. And for those of you wishing to uh, contribute more globally, you might be listening from outside the US of A, or you want to be in the you're in the US of A, but you want to give more globally. Um, Though, let's just make sure I get the name of the organization correctly here. Yeah, it's the the World Central Kitchen. And they actually have been providing meals for people in Turkey and Syria as a function of the two hideous earthquakes that the people have suffered through and tens of thousands of people have died. Um, And they also give meals to people in Ukraine, all the displacement that the war has caused now going on for over a year. So they're also um, another organization uh, engaged in, in providing food You know and just a little bit of study i've done on it and of course i'm no expert on this but in the u.s food insecurity is very much an economic issue and so while there are plenty of food banks and programs that the government provides that you may be able to qualify for there are plenty of people that make just enough to where they actually don't qualify for the government programs. so then they're in this situation of um having income and having to make choices between do i buy medicine or do i buy food i mean it's just kind of unbelievable what what some of us are dealing with on the planet you know and here in the us of a and bringing it back to la (laughs) and hollywood in particular um, what all can we do well, you've shared some memorable moments. Any other memorable moments with food on foot you might like to share?
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, just going back to the, the the people and um and and the graduates. And there's one um, woman in particular. I'll just use her for first name only, um, Morgan. But I've I've gotten to know her and. Her story, you know, she she came to LA and really just fell on hard times. And I feel like we have, you know, can have these preconceived ideas of why, you know, why people end up, you know, un, unhoused, and there can be judgment. And when you you are interacting and get to know these people on a personal level. So what stands out with uh, Morgan is she is just the most positive, charismatic, shared her story, found food on foot, um, has been housed now working full time. And then she takes the bus and makes sure that every Sunday that she's a, a Sunday serving because of the difference that she can make in her share. So here she is, working you know has all you know she's she's through it but she still spends her day off um taking the bus going to food on foot serving um and 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 sharing her story and one of the most impactful things that she just said um you know food on foot has just you know helped her and feel like part of society once again
0: wow Which is so critical. I mean, this little podcast of mine is a big dream come true, and I have big goals for it. But one of them is exactly that feeling you talked about feeling a part of something, getting enabling people to connect. You know, we have such an issue also with isolationism in the US of A in particular. People are so very isolated. We tend to not know our neighbors. and we need to connect. You know, the pandemic also exacerbated that phenomenon. It's had all kinds of ripple effects in terms of depression rates and suicides, particularly in the teen years. Um, so we need to get out and connect and um, be with each other, and be part of society, like your sharing was made possible for Morgan. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, okay and then let's just see you've talked so much about how it has has changed you anything more on that
1: um yeah as far as it's it's changed me i mean just that that softening as you mentioned we've all been isolate you know there's been a lot of isolation with covid and um and then you know feelings of of, of, fear. And then just around, you know, where I live the, you know, unhoused is doubled, tripled. Um, and I just have such a softer spot in, in, in my heart, just being so coming from a place of, of, of compassion and, um, you know, you, you, you don't know, you don't know people's circumstances. And to come from from a place of of love and compassion and it's um yeah humility
0: yeah well the issue and of homelessness in los angeles yes it's so very complicated and when people look at it there's so many factors there are in terms of what leads to it it can you know so when we look at some of the solutions you know, it's important to talk with, like, the the VA, you know, the vets, what's going on with, you know, how we care for our, our soldiers when they come back um, or not, you know, all those, those issues. And then there's all kinds of mental health issues. And then there are just the reality of the, of the economics. And, of course, we have inflation moving, you know, still a little more than we would like it to be. Um, So the cost of living uh, continues to be ever more difficult. I mean, um, in LA generally, even purchasing a home, it's mostly a community of renters uh, more than homeowners. Uh, But even finding affordable housing is complicated. so whatever we can do, I like. I love how food on foot also has meals, which are such you know a fundamental human right. At least mm-hmm. um, we all you, you know can't really be thinking about much else if you haven't had a chance to have a meal, have some mm-hmm. nourishment. Um, but they do also provide so much else in terms of seeing the person as a whole mm-hmm. and what all of our you know we have we have many needs um and the brain share you know having people provide uh assistance so that folks can um work to gain some stability somewhere and some shelter that they can count on you know a place to call home
1: yes yes yeah and in addition to training they've they've also um you know during covid they uh they ran the entire time through COVID. They did not miss a Sunday. Wow. They didn't have volunteers come for the Sunday survey, serving, um, but every, the everybody that you know, employees of Food on Foot, they did they they uh, did not miss a serving. And then also, um, I, there was medical staff that volunteered their time and handed out all sorts of different supplies during COVID. Um,
0: Right. I mean, these were, you guys are, you know, these are real heroes, right? People that were right in the middle of the pandemic when we barely knew what was going on, and they're still figuring out how to get food to the vulnerable populations. And even with all the social distancing and the masking and everything else, no, it's really um, the whole team there. And to you, Heidi, you guys are heroes, and I am grateful to you. For what you're doing as a volunteer, um, and you know the light that you shine and what you make possible for your family and for your community. Um, okay, speaking of shining lights, I know you have a uh, big hero. I want to make sure we get a chance to mention him, Victor Frankl. So talk to me a little bit about who he is for you
1: who Victor Frankl is. So he um, wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And I think I've read that book probably five times. The first time I read it was in college, uh, quite some time ago. Um, so he's Austrian. He was in a Nazi prison camp. Um, he lost his parents. Um, he lost all sorts of friends. And it was really the first... The, the, the first part of the book is all about his experience and then it's about his logo therapy, um, which, um, what, what was really meaningful for me and what, what I got is no matter, you know, what happens to you, where, you know, whatever your circumstances are, if you have something else, you know, that you're, you're, you're living for, and you have a, a greater, bigger purpose. Um, and you can take a moment between what happens and your reaction. There is a, there's an actual space. And I know a lot of folks probably with meditation and breathing exercises and whatever yours is, but it's about, you know, creating that space to see, I act. I have a choice in the matter between the stimulus and the response. I have a choice and uh Viktor Frankl you know sort and and one of the things that he saw in the camp is it wasn't the most you know fittest strongest of the folks that survived it was the ones that mentally had something bigger a bigger purpose and his purpose was to go and you know write about local therapies his finding um and I, so for me learning that as a young person that i do have a choice in the matter um, i'm i'm not my circumstances and there there is that space to, to take a moment and choose um, how i how i want to be and as i said i choose love
0: yeah no victor frankl's story is so inspiring and he um you know you try to imagine what he went through and then you know these takeaways that he was able to find meeting even in a concentration camp mm-hmm. and he found it through his purpose right he had to finish his manuscript mm-hmm. you know he also gives us other way you know other ways like in the presence of another human being there's purpose um and then he also talks about in your um ability to accept uh unavoidable suffering Um, because all of us know the full spectrum of life and and then there are those of us dealing with more or less challenges and you know we need to be here for each other we really are um a communal species you know when they do these studies about happiness right they always Denmark's always winning the awards and one of the things that that I you know they attribute that to is um so many people in Denmark have living arrangements these community these communities they're in complexes where there are the elderly and babies and people have a lot of um communal social interaction um, <clears throat> well, okay, and then you touched on some mindfulness practices, breathing. So, is there anything more you want to say about that? I know you have depth in that, as well.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that anything, you know, it's different for 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 each person, but whatever a person can find that gives them that space to quiet the mind and have everything slow down where you can you know uh not ha- not be so attached we can get so attached and we're so close up sometimes that we we can't see so anything that allows um that that space and clarity so i have practiced um yoga for years uh, kundalini um as as one of my favorites um i also um do a, a buddhist meditation and then I've done some, I, have learned and worked with breath and done breath exercises. Um, there is a, um, a, an art of living, um, Sri Sri, um, wonderful, uh, breath exercises, but even taking whether it's a minute or three minutes or five minutes, just to ground yourself, whether it's through moving your body or stretching, um, that creates that space and Um, in that space, when you actually are able to choose rather than just to have a knee, knee jack or or knee jerk reaction, and especially as so much of so many of us can feel so compressed, um, at this time, it's just, um, wonderful to, uh, have those practices and, and play with them.
0: Absolutely absolutely there's our inner work we need to do and then there's making sure that somehow we also um connect with our you know our communities our families our communities the world i wanted to say some other things about like the wck the world central kitchen you can actually go online there and um buy a cookbook they have all kinds of like World famous chefs that contribute these healthy meal recipes and that's something you can do that would also be. um, A donation to the frontline work that they're doing in terms of delivering meals. Um, Okay well I um is there we i know you're really busy and this is sort of a short show it's a huge topic we could go on forever but is there anything more you wanted to say that you haven't had a chance to say yet?
1: no thank you cynthia
0: well and it really again you're a hero you are a hero for the world heidi um so grateful for the work you're doing and for who you are for humanity and Thank you so much for being on the show to the listeners. I hope it has been worth your while to listen to all kinds of ways that you can participate. We will make sure to link all of the organizations we mentioned. And I thank you all for your time today, for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to Vale La Pena. Please join us in making an impact together. For people animals and the environment details in the show notes you can find this show through my website at www.rebuslegal.com and on youtube facebook apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and more i'm your host cynthia rebus and i welcome and thank you for your feedback comments questions and sharing this show with others.